If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Holly. Hi, Gemma. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. We're still in the Highlands. We're still here. We're still I here. I feel like we're going to be here forever. Do you know what? This is like three weeks and people are going to be like, holy shit, they're living in the Highlands now. I know. <laughs> like no that's not how we do it <laughs> no no we're just pounding out some episodes while we're up here on our little retreat the lights just came on oh because it's dark at like four o'clock every day in scotland yeah Ugh. oh we are witch murderer oh we are witch murderer yeah thanks very much for coming back and listening to us his head is now in his hands <laughs> we've just broken producer craig and he wants us to keep on recording tonight i know <laughs> and we have alcohol so good luck craig yeah so tonight we're talking about cop killers. Yes, we are. I put this one out to Reddit. Okay. Because I wanted something very, very specific. Oh. Not like an accidental. I wanted somebody who purposely was like, I want cops to die. Okay. So there's a lot to choose from, sadly. Yeah, I know. There were some pretty good suggestions out there. But Laughing Man Zach came back with one that was exactly what I needed. Yeah. So Laughing Man Zach on Reddit. Thank you very much. So my tale is about Christopher Monfort. Maybe I'll recognize the case. I, I think don't recognize might. the name. This might come to you. Okay. So Christopher Monfort was born in 1969 in Indiana to a loving mother and difficult father. Difficult father. Difficult father. I thought you said cult father. Oh, he might have been in a cult. I don't know. <laughs> Christopher's mother was white and his father was black, which in 1969, fairly controversial, not unusual per se. Well... It probably wasn't the norm, but it happened quite a bit. Yeah. He really struggled growing up as a biracial child, though. And mm. it was a time of really low tolerance for biracial children. Yeah. It would have been a huge struggle for him, not fitting in on either side. And yeah. I mean, I think it probably still is a struggle for people, yeah. but especially in the 60s. Mm. His father was very abusive and acted as a pimp for Christopher's mother and oh. other women. Oh, no. Okay. So he had that against him as well. It's not like it was a really loving relationship where they could nurture him and say it's okay or whatever i mean yeah. it's just shit he wasn't in a good environment to no. make him feel better about himself definitely not despite coming from a good family who ran a newspaper business his mother had fallen into a bad crowd and became a sex worker mm -hmm. at the age of two christopher's parents disappeared in las vegas for three months 
and I think he ended up staying with his um, his aunt. Okay. And it like completely created this broken relationship. From what I've read, at such a young age, being separated from your parents, it never goes back. No, that it connection is severed. Yeah. Like, it's a bonding time. It's an attachment time. It's yeah. an attachment time, mm-hmm. and that's where you get your nurturing. Yeah. So it just totally took it away from him mm-hmm. as a two-year-old yeah. and older. So he grew up very angry. He formed a bias against authority. Mm. End up targeting the police and military in different flyers he would put out. Okay. And he would speak out against police brutality, which fair enough. Yeah. And the war in Iraq. He was very much against the war in Iraq. Okay. He eventually moved to Washington State and graduated from the University of Washington, where he studied law enforcement. Oh, interesting. Again, in a lot of criminal profiling, they will say this person wanted to be in law enforcement, but was refused or rejected at a certain point. Usually during the process, they couldn't hack the training or they were rejected at the application process. Mm -hmm. That happens in a lot of profiling cases. Yeah. I imagine especially if it comes to killing police people. Yeah. 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 I have something in the back of my head that this has happened quite a few times in cases I've read and heard. Yeah. He had absolutely no criminal convictions in the state, though. Like, he was law-abiding Okay. while he was living there. So the victim, Timothy Brenton, was born in 1970, and he came from a law enforcement family in the Seattle, Washington area. Both his father and uncle had been members of the Seattle police. Timothy was a U.S. Army veteran and had served during the Gulf War. Mm-hmm. So ticking all of the boxes mm-hmm. here. When he left the military, Timothy became a police officer with the LeConnor Department. I don't know where that is. It's somewhere in Washington State, I think. Before moving over to the Seattle Police Department for the next nine years. And he was married with two children. Right. On October 22nd, 2009, there was a targeted attack on the Seattle Police with a firebombing of police vehicles at a city maintenance yard. So probably weren't expected to be casualties. It was a maintenance yard. Okay. But it was definitely like F the police. attack, yeah. Yeah. There was no injuries or anything like that, but the evidence eventually found in Timothy's apartment did link him to the plot and also to kill officers eventually. Right. His DNA was apparently matched to DNA found on a flag that was left at the firebombing scene. Mm. So they found that in his apartment later down the line when he actually was arrested. The DNA. Yeah. So on Halloween night of that year, 2009, at around 10 o'clock at night, Timothy and his patrol partner, Britt Sweeney were sitting in their car following a traffic stop, probably doing their paperwork and looking shit up and seeing which call they would go to next. Timothy was in the driver's seat. They were chatting through the stop when a car pulled up beside them and immediately began firing a rifle into the car. Okay. It was just legitimately ruled up to kill them. Mm -hmm. Britt managed to duck as a bullet skimmed the top of her head and down her back. Ooh. Yeah. Timothy received mortal wounds and died at the scene. So I'm going to think head or neck wound. Uh-huh. The suspect vehicle reversed and fled the scene as Britt called for help. And she managed, even though she'd been grazed by this bullet and like had a really bad concussion, she got out of the car and fired on the car that was fleeing the scene. Okay. Christopher's vehicle was seen on the dash cams of other police vehicles in the area that evening. And on November 6th, the same day as the public memorial service for Timothy, police confronted 41-year-old Christopher in the parking lot of an apartment complex. So police had seen his car on the dash cam. Like, they just reviewed all the dash cam footage because clearly it was a targeted attack. Yeah. And they were like, this car's been acting really weird. So they looked out for it. And that's how they found it. Christopher had a 9mm Glock and attempted to flee. When he raised the weapon, police opened fire and seriously wounded him and left him paralyzed from the waist down. Oh, right. Okay. 
Christopher stood trial in 2015 and claimed mental illness as a result of his childhood as a defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a shitty childhood, but dude, come on. He was convicted of murder, obviously. Two counts of attempted murder and one count of arson. He was sentenced to life in prison, but died of an amitriptyline. Amitriptyline. Thank you. You're welcome. Overdose on the 18th of January, 2017 at 48 years old. How did you do that? I don't know, because you know more than I do about shit like this. The pills are for depression, anxiety, bipolar, ADHD, hyperactivity, and treatment of neuropathic pain. Yeah. I don't know which one he was getting them for. Well, he'd been stockpiling them like he was supposed to be taking them and just stockpiled them and overdosed. Yep. And I got this from a few different places, Wikipedia, and then a Seattle Times article by Sarah Jean Green from 2015 had information that was really good. And obviously, thanks again to Laughing Man Zach on Reddit for the recommendation, because that was exactly what I wanted. A good case, Holly. Thanks. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, I may have said last week that Scotland doesn't have many shootings. But this is the second shooting that I'm covering in Scotland mm-hmm. <laughs> in two weeks. So I may be eating my words here a little bit, but it was a long time ago. So okay. maybe that helps me in some way. Okay. So this is the story of the Linwood Bank robbery. Oh, like Linwood Paisley. Yeah, like Linwood Paisley. Oh, mm-hmm. which is just outside of Glasgow for everyone who doesn't know. Yeah. So Howard Wilson was born in Glasgow in 1938 which is all I got from the background from him. Oh, wow. Okay. Basically. But he joined the police as a young man. He arrogantly assumed he would be promoted quickly. However, when that wasn't happening, he decided to resign from the force and became a businessman. So he started up two grocery stores in Glasgow. And despite his perceived intelligence and determination, his shops were failing and he was desperate to make money. Mm-hmm. So he had a group of friends and they all belonged to the Bears Den Shooting Club. Oh. And they pretty much followed Howard and everything that he said. Okay. Ian Donaldson was also an ex-policeman and John Sim used to work in the prisons. Right. All were struggling to make any success after leaving their former jobs and becoming businessmen. Okay. And they all had money problems. So Howard came up with a plan that they would rob a bank. And that would solve everything. It never solves it. Doesn't solve things. There's very few successful bank robberies. (laughs) They all had guns, thanks to their membership with the gun club, and felt that they would be able to rob a bank without much trouble. The guys recruited a younger man called Archibald McGeeky to be their getaway driver, and the plan was set. 
So in July 1969, the group walked into a bank in East Renfrew. The three men were dressed in smart suits and didn't look out of place at all mm-hmm. until they all pulled their guns out and sprayed ammonia in the bank staff's eyes. Oh, ouch. How mean. That's horrible. Yeah. The group were able to escape with £20,000, which is equivalent to £140,000 today. I was going to say, I mean, that's split a lot of ways. I mean, is it worth your life in jail? So that's probably split four ways. So that's like, what? 35. Yeah, 35,000. 35,000 each. Like, I'm sorry, for 35 grand, I'll get a job. I'm not going to... It's not worth it, really. No. I think they only really wanted to just pay their debts and that was it. Yeah, it's not going to be suspicious at all when these random fours all pay off their debts (laughs) on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they seemed to be smart enough that they didn't draw much attention to themselves after the fact. They didn't really splash the cash, but the money that they stole wasn't enough to save their businesses. Okay. So by December, they were talking about doing another robbery. And what month did they do that? And July. Oh my God. Okay. That should have lasted at least a year. Yeah. So less than a year. Wow. That's bad. Not good with money, it appears. None of them, no. Archibald, the getaway driver, was not on board for the second robbery and refused to take part. Good, Archie. But just before Christmas of 1969, he disappeared (gasps) and was never seen again. Uh Uh-oh. There were rumours that the gang had to get rid of him and at the time the Kingston Bridge was being built over the River Clyde and there are rumours that Archibald was murdered and disposed in one of the concrete pillars holding up the bridge. Yeah. See, I always wonder about this. Oh, they were disposed in the concrete when it was being built. How long does concrete stay not solid for when you pour it? I have no idea. I don't know that either. That's not within my realm of knowledge. But like, surely there are construction workers there during the pouring phase. So they'd notice somebody sticking a body in it. I don't know. It was the 60s, man. (laughs) All right. We'll come back to the how long does it hit concrete to harden. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how they would do that. Maybe they had connections. Maybe someone worked for the company that was building the Kingston Bridge. That would make things easier. It would make things easier, but still, there's going to be more than one person pouring concrete for a bridge. So it's not like you can just like casually just slip a body in. Oh no, I picture it being at night. I know. When nobody's there. But that's what I'm saying. Would it not have started to solidify by then? I picture them making their own concrete. Oh, and putting it on top? Uh-huh. Through the night. Oh. That's what I picture. Interesting. Maybe. Maybe. Just a rumour. Okay. (laughs) So on December 30th, 1969, the gang went to Clydesdale Bank in Renfrew. Uh Uh-huh. They managed to escape with over 14 grand this time, so less than what they had got with the first robbery. 14 grand? 14 grand. Between them all? Yeah, back then. So equivalent, that's probably equivalent to like 100 grand. Okay. In today's money. And returned to Howard's flat in Govan Hill. What the gang didn't count on was that one of Howard's former colleagues spotted the men unloading the hall from the car into his flat. His colleague was Inspector Andrew Hislop, who had never liked or trusted Howard, and he contacted other officers to attend. So they took the stolen money out of the car in front of his neighbour, who's a cop. I don't know if he's his neighbour or if he just happened to be passing by at the time. Okay. Andrew approached Howard, who appeared friendly, and invited Andrew up to his flat for a Hogmanay drink. Which is weird, because you've just like put all your stolen money into that flat, and you're happily inviting a policeman upstairs. 
So Andrew followed Howard up and asked if he could look in the suitcases that were in his home. Howard said yes. Andrew opened it and of course found all the money. Howard instantly pulled out his gun, held it to Andrew's head and fired. Why did you invite him upstairs? I think he did it because he was going to kill him. But why? Because he'd been caught. After he opened the suitcases? Yeah, but... I think he probably thought, why is a policeman approaching me right now, right after I've just put all this money upstairs? So he was suspicious of him, you think? I think he was suspicious from him from the start. Uh, Okay, okay, yep. So put his gun to head and fired, but initially the gun jammed. Howard pulled the trigger again and the gun fired successfully and Andrew was shot in the head, but still alive. Oh no. At the sound of the gunshot, the other officers who had been called ran upstairs into the room. Howard shot two of the officers quite expertly in the head as they came in because, well, he was a member of a guns club. Yeah, he he knew what he was doing. And the third officer, PC John Campbell, managed to run into the bathroom and radio for more help. One of the officers that had been shot, PC Edward Barnett, appeared dead. However, was still alive and died five days later. Holy shit. He was shot in the head? Yeah. Wow. The other man, Detective Constable Angus McKenzie, appeared to be still alive. Howard went up to Angus and shot him point blank again in the forehead. Oh, shit. So he died instantly. It was at this point that Howard noticed that Andrew Hislop was also still alive and was moving. And he gave him a similar execution when John Campbell, so the officer that ran to the bathroom, burst out and jumped on top of Howard, wrestling him to the ground. Right. The gun went off, but the shot went into the ceiling. Howard was apprehended and arrested, and Andrew Hislop, the man that was shot first, survived. Did he? But was paralysed for life. Oh, no. And, of course, had health problems due to that. Yeah, yeah. The whole gang were brought to trial in 1970, and all were found guilty of the robberies. Ian Donaldson and John Sim were sentenced to 12 years in prison, Howard Wilson took full responsibility for the murders and was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum term of 25 years. Mm-hmm. He didn't adjust well to prison life, but he was just lucky to have missed a cut for capital punishment as it had been abolished only two weeks. Two weeks? Before the murders. <gasps> lucky. Howard was moved to isolation in Porterfield Prison in Verness uh-huh. and eventually he adjusted and started writing and he published a novel called Angels of Death in Prison which became a bestseller which annoys me. What was it about? Like fictional? Oh, yeah it was fictional but I don't know what it was about. I guess it depends what he did with the money. If he kept the money then boo. If he donated the money then cool. Yeah I'm not entirely sure. And he was actually released. Was he? Uh huh in 2002 after serving 33 years. How old was he when he was released, do you think? Well, let's see. 2002, he was born 1938. Math. Uh, he would have been 60-something. 60-something. Yeah. And nothing's really been heard of him since. Wow. I wonder if he's still alive. Both Andrew Hislop and John Campbell were awarded the George Medal, a high-ranked gallantry award, and Edward Barnett and Angus Mackenzie, the officers who were murdered, were awarded the Queen's Medal posthumously. 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 There we go. Wow. It blows my mind that he's out, but then he served a lot of time. 33 years, yeah. I get, like, he served his time and whatever, but... Holy Especially crap. for someone that killed police officers, usually. Yeah. I don't know Life how fair really that life. is because 
you know, still a life, no matter yeah. what they worked as, but usually have harsher sentences. They should, because those people are putting themselves at risk, at risk every day. Yeah, that makes sense. And I have nothing but respect for police. Like, to be honest, I've never encountered a bad one. I know a lot of people have, and that's a different story. But I, oh, I don't know. I get that he was an old man and he probably was not likely to reoffend when they did release him. Yeah, and I think so. He's done his time for the crime that he was sentenced to. So I just find it really weird that a bank robber and somebody who tried to murder, what, five cops? Was it total? Four. Four. Yep. Tried to murder four cops and did murder. Two. Two of them. Mm-hmm. Was out. I know. It's a weird thought. Yeah. But I guess you don't know what kind of physical state he was in either. Not sure, but I think he's still alive. Yeah. So, well, I've not heard that he's dead. Interesting. In, in my research, I couldn't see that he had passed away. So unless he was able to change his name. Yeah. And yeah. maybe he's passed away since. I'm not sure. It has been, what, 18 years since he was released? 17, 18 years? So he'd be in his late 80s. Somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Very good. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right. Yeah. This is going to be. Ridiculous, because they were both the exact same method of killing. Yeah. And I suppose you can't really kill a cop without it being shooting because they have guns. Well, not, not always. always. Yeah, They the don't have guns don't. here. Well, the majority of police here don't have guns. Oh, so after Christmas, bef- no, after New Year, before uh-huh. back to work, yeah. went to Manchester for the weekend. Right. I was at the Trafford Centre in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Cops walking around with MP5s. Oh, yeah. It was like, wow. I mean, good. Because it's a huge target. But at the same time, I was like, oh, that's weird to see. It's very strange to see. And I think you only really see the extremes. So you see police without them or you see police with very big guns. Yeah. So I've seen them a couple of times at the airport um, when we've sort of been on high alert for maybe there's been a a suspected attack or there was one time it was just after a certain terrorist attack and it was jarring to see the police walking around with these guns it's strange Mm -hmm. but especially around like a shopping center you're sitting there having your mcdonald's pancakes in the morning and you're like (laughs) oh hello yeah you've got guns okay like i'm not against police having guns i I think they should have guns here personally but it was it was weird because it wasn't just security it wasn't just cops it was Cops with machine guns Mm -hmm. walking around. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know who to go with in this one. I am stumped. Can you remind me again where your victim was shot? It said he died at the scene. I suspect given that she ducked and it grazed her head and went down her back Mm. and he rolled up beside the car that the victim was shot in the head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Either the head or the throat. Which would have been, you know, equally unfixable. Yeah. And Pretty much the same as yours. Kind of similar. There, One of my victims died five days later. Yeah. From the gunshot wound. The other person got shot twice in the head. Um, yeah. They would not have been... I don't know. Would they have been conscious? 
there was signs of life there, which is why he shot them again. Okay. So perhaps. Right. Okay. I think I'm going with yours. I think I'm going to go with mine as well, just because there wasn't a struggle there. There wasn't a struggle. There wasn't maybe as much fear associated. They hadn't heard the the gunshots beforehand. Whereas in my case, they had and they sort of knew what scene that they were going into. So it was tragic anyway, because these criminals see them as the enemy. But what they fail to understand is these are human beings who are going out to earn money to put food on the table for their families. Yeah. Yes, it is their job to stop you from doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But that's because you're committing a crime. That's because you're committing a crime. Mm -hmm. And these people are genuinely just getting up to go to work for the day. Mm -hmm. The same way most people, you know, like you go and get your breakfast roll. People are just getting up, going and making that role for you. It's mm-hmm. the same thing as the cops. They just yeah. get up and go to do their job. Yeah. But their job carries a huge element of risk. And for some reason, it really bothers me when police are targeted like that. Right. And I know that there are bad police out there. I know that. I know there are police who kill people, who yeah. don't arrest people for, and, you know, wrongful shootings, all of that. I yeah. get that, you know. Percentage wise. Percentage wise. Surely. Yeah. yeah. It's like. 99% good cops, I am at maybe less, maybe 95% good cops. You know, I think the corrupt cops are a different story, but the ones who maybe shoot before asking questions or beat somebody up or whatever. Yeah, abuse their power somehow. Abuse their power somehow. Yeah. It's probably not something they've done every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, even then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's just, I don't know. It really bothers me. So we're going with mine? We're going with yours. We're going with mine. Mm-hmm. We're agreeing. Agreeing this time. Yeah. Yeah, what did we do last week? Did we agree? Last week was the Highlands and we disagreed. Did we? For sure. Okay. No. No. I think we picked mine last week. We picked yours. Yeah, but we agreed. But we agreed. It was the one before that that we didn't agree, the hotels. Damn it, we're agreeing again. (laughs) That's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And give us a little rate and review on iTunes or whatever you want to leave a review. But just somewhere that we can see it yeah. usually helps. So Or email us. <laughs> or email us with uh, some feedback and we'll give you a shout out. Yeah. Um, we don't mind where we, we see our good qualities being praised. <laughs> <laughs> or bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, you can email us at switchmurder at gmail.com. We've got a website, which is mitchmurderer.com. We're at witchmurderer on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. We've got, I thought you were trying to signal me there, but you're actually literally just petting the microphone. I forgot my squeegee, so oh. I don't have anything to fidget with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, Facebook page, Facebook Peace. group. Yep, yep. LinkedIn. I'm actually losing track, but we're just like Google us. We're there. Yeah. We come up when you Google us. So, and yeah. you can just search for it on any of the platforms. So. Yeah. And we will see you next week. We will. Bye. Bye. We're Witch Murderer. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Witch Murderer. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Witch MRDR. And you can email us witchmurderer at gmail.com. Our theme music is Kill Me Again by Blue Bend. Artwork was done by Wild Creations at Fiverr.com. Again.